In ministry, as in business, one of the most common ways people fail is due to a lack of priorities. You're listening to Eden's Conflict, a podcast dedicated to helping you leverage the words of Scripture as you unlock the powers of the Bible that you might experience a more full and complete walk with God. So without further ado, here's today's episode. service to God. The book of Ephesians chapter 3:16 tells us that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. The mercies of God are often far-reaching beyond what we can envision or imagine. Yes, many believe and find themselves weighed down by the looming sense of failure that despite their best efforts they are still struggling to find genuine joy and passion in their daily acts of service to Him. This can include Bible study, prayer, communion at church. Anything that gives God glory and honor all of a sudden feels like a burden that is weighing us down. Why is that? In the book of Luke chapter 16, Christ highlights this unexpected parable as a way of explaining why the believer struggles so often. In this book, we find the story of the unjust steward, probably marked as one of the strangest examples that Christ has ever used to teach a very prominent lesson. A steward who has mismanaged his master's funds is being called to account, fearing reprisal from his past actions, knowing that he has failed, and in fact, cheated his master, and fearing the thought that having to do hard labor once he comes out of the job he is in, the steward decides to commit himself fully to his ways by calling his master's debtors in and cutting deals to help ingratiate himself to them later. In doing this, the steward has prepared a way so that after he is removed from his current position, he will still have a means of income. And here is the rub of the story. Upon discovering what his steward has done, the master of the house, rather than scold and fire him on the spot, praises the unjust steward. And you might be asking yourself, is Christ saying it's okay to be unjust in our business? Shall we then seek to find ways to make money however we can as long as it is for our benefit? I would venture no, but what he is highlighting is the benefit that will come to those who fully commit themselves to their ways regardless of if those ways are just or not. In fact, Christ stated as much in the verses that follow this parable. Luke 16, 8 and then 10 through 11 tells us this much. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust 
the true riches. As I have been growing my business in Eden's Conflict, and I study the world of business, I find more and more new ways to spread the gospel. You see, in business, as in ministry, there are those who succeed and those who fail. This fact can be seen the most clear in the entrepreneurial lifestyle. The thought of being your own boss, taking charge and having control over your future can be an exhilarating one. The freedom to set your own hours and figuring out unknown strategies to have your money work for you is a compelling dream. Compled with the dream of enjoying the lap of luxury is a tempting image that few would turn down if presented the opportunity. In fact, the idea of the self-made millionaire has become so popular with the rise of the internet and social media that it has almost become its own genre. The business guru promising to teach you the insider secrets of new untapped markets and endless revenue has all but become a joke. What they neglect to tell you is that you are the market that they are tapping into. And the way they make their money is by teaching you how to teach others how to make money. You see, their whole goal is to funnel you into their training programs and repeat the process. I'm sure glad we don't have anything like this in the real education system. And like the story of the, our steward from earlier, they are masters at getting others to give them their hard-earned cash, and they are fully committed to their craft. Not willing to work, but making sure others keep providing for their own lavish lifestyle. And it is for this reason that Christ rebukes his followers for being so half-hearted in their efforts, in contrast to the efforts of those seeking worldly comforts. Luke 16, 13 tells us, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Just as one person cannot be in two places at the same time, there is no medium where your heart can pursue the love of the things of this world and claim to be in the pursuit of Christ. Mark 8, 35 says very clearly, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. In ministry, as in business, one of the most common ways people fail is due to a lack of priorities. Now, don't get me wrong. As a young entrepreneur myself, I understand that there is a need to have to juggle many hats to grow your business to a point of being able to hire someone to help out. That's not what I'm talking about here. But over the years, I have come to learn a very important lesson that I find that many of us often overlook. You see, back in Christ's day, a person dedicated themselves to mastering a single craft. This skill was often dependent on the family or village you were born into. If your family owned sheep, you are probably going to spend the rest of your life as a shepherd. If your village was by the seaside, there's a good chance you'd know a thing or two about fishing. Even Christ was a carpenter before he began his ministry as a traveling evangelist. Why? Because his father was one. Back then, you just didn't have multi-skilled people. Not because people were less intelligent, but because the jobs were so labor-intensive that to stop what you were doing and to try and learn a new skill meant you were probably not going to eat for a while during that process. Looking at our dishonorable steward through this lens allows us to see why he was so afraid of the act of digging. 
It's not because the act of digging would be impossible for him as much as the idea of having to take the time to learn a new skill would mean that he would not be as hireable as someone who had spent a lifetime working in the fields. Perhaps he was born into a lifestyle of a well-to-do family. But he wasn't the firstborn, so not receiving as much of the inheritance. He would have to take up some level of work to provide for himself. And while he had an opportunity to get an education and learn to account for numbers, he also wasn't a very good student. And so when we find him in our story that Christ tells, his ineptitude has finally caught up with him and he is being called to task by the master in whose house he now serves. Yet in this moment of self-realization, he is led to double down on the only work ethic he knows how. The psalmist tells us in Psalms 37 verse 5, Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. In today's modern era, you and I are not bound by the same kinds of restrictions. You don't like your job? Get a new one. Tired of your line of work? Go back to school. Want to have more control over your schedule? Become an entrepreneur with so much freedom to become whatever or whoever we want comes the inevitability that many will find themselves uncertain and unhappy with who they are and what they are doing in life. Add these kinds of people to church board meetings and tell them to spread the gospel message around the world. And you can probably begin to see why we are still waiting for Christ to return. And while this may seem like a hopeless endeavor, thankfully we have a clear example as to what we must do, each and every one of us, found in the very first invitation that Christ gave to Peter and his brother Andrew. In Mark 1, 16-18. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. You see, Christ did not say he would make them ministers of the gospel. He didn't tell them that they would preach in front of thousands or give testimonies before the greatest minds of their times that would leave them speechless. No, in fact, he didn't point to any other skill sets except that which they had already spent their life mastering. All that was promised was that he would put their skills to use for his kingdom, if only they would commit to following his lead. So then, what's the moral lesson when it comes to service to God? I leave you with the words found in Ephesians 9 verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Now you may be thinking, but I have no particular skills that can be used in service to God. And to that, I would remind you that you are listening to a podcast started by someone who never passed a single English class in their life, who dropped out of high school and created a company that teaches biblical principles through gameplay. But if that's not enough of an example, then let me just say on a personal note that when you commit yourself to serving God's glory, there is nothing more enjoyable than to see someone come to an understanding of Christ. And once you have had a taste of that, you will know what to do for the rest of your life. If that is your desire, then pray with me at this time. Father in heaven, we commit ourselves to you. Use the skills you have given us in our minds, in our lives, in our own endeavors to your glory. 
We thank you and believe we have received, for you have promised it in your word, as you called forth certain men even to build the sanctuary for you in the wilderness because of their skill sets in jewelry making. You called them forth to make you a temple. So whatever skill sets we have in our own hands, we double down into your service. Thank you for hearing us, dear Lord. For this we believe we have received in Christ Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you once again for listening to today's episode. I trust and pray that you will learn to seek out how you might be a resource for God's use. And remember, dear listeners, all of God's promises are available to you if you would only just believe.